0: Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Katie McGregor-Bennett, your host of AV Trade Talk, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories and sharing the stories of the AV integration community, manufacturers, integrators, service providers, and the like. Today, I'm talking with Joe Whitaker of Thoughtful Integrations. That's probably a new company name. You might not have heard about it before, but you've definitely heard of Joe, and you've probably heard of Thoughtful Home, Thoughtful Restaurant, Thoughtful Everything. Joe's going to tell you all about how he transitioned from all of those brands to, under one umbrella, Thoughtful Integrations. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Joe. Joe Whitaker, sir, how are you this morning?
1: I am doing well. Weather is here. It's good. No rain. Sun <laughs> is in the sky. I could be happier. Woohoo!
0: Woohoo! We've been uh, recording shows all week, and uh, I think you're the first person, well, Second person that's recorded sun. Everyone else is, uh, let's see, Dennis Erskine yesterday said uh, varying degrees of, of gray. Kevin Mayne said it was 84 up in Toronto. We had, it's just been, you know, and here we had six inches of snow two days ago. <laughs> so enjoy your sun. Enjoy it. Please send some my way. <laughs>
1: yes. Coming out of tornadoes. We, we yes. have sun. Yes. It's amazing.
0: It's amazing, amazing. Well, and tornadoes. And we, we're going to talk a little bit about that because you certainly have been in the uh, in, in the middle of, of quite a bit of weather lately. And uh, well, you were telling me some stories about what you're doing with your business and also for your clients to prepare them for disasters and um, disaster recovery. So definitely want to dig into that. But that's at the tail end of the show because right now I want to dive into your rebranding and sort of what, what was the genesis of that? And, uh, you know, kind of bring us, bring the audience up to speed first on, you know, what you guys used to do as separate entities and, and now what's all under the new umbrella.
1: Well, well you know, uh Brand and business is something that companies should evaluate a minimum every three years, five years max. Um, Things change. Uh, Parts of names can be entirely just killed with the the turn on of some kind of new tech. Uh, We've seen it happen with, you know, those theaters that were just, you know, Mr. So-and-so's home theater. And then all of a sudden, for five years, home theaters weren't popular. Everybody wanted home automation, so nobody called those guys. So, you know, in our past, we've consistently done that. When we did a lot of design um, and a lot of super custom work, we were Jay Whitaker Designs, reevaluated that um, into thinking a little different about the way that we move forward. And that ended up becoming multiple brands, uh, which was the Thoughtful Home, the Thoughtful Restaurant, and of course, there were some other thoughtful things along that. And that was trying to separate that Uh, it's something a lot of companies also need to look at is do you do resi do you only do commercial do you do resi and commercial do you do hospitality um if you have brandings that are identified specific for those types of business then you're then you're then you're great you're fine well at least you used to be Um, there's two reasons for that you know we've started getting away from I just do conference rooms or I just do digital signage or I just do bars and restaurants, or I just do homes. Um, Most companies do more than one of those. And like we did to get that recognition and that buildup, we had different brands, but what does different brands cause? Paying for different websites, paying for different business cards, different output and marketing, several uh, social media standpoints. But at the end of the day, you have to really find how is that working for business, but then how can you identify to all the communities that your technology outreaches with one branding, one tagline, one message, and it actually be accepted by everyone. There's a lot of companies, huge companies, that are still struggling with that. Worldwide Technologies, TCI, some of these big national corporations, they're spinning off little residential companies just so they can have a footprint in that because they are big industry. I, I mean, how do you fix that? Well, you have to be able to identify with your customer at every footprint and you have to talk to each one individually because in a lot of cases, the, the house you might do came from a conference room you did over at so-and-so corporation or you got dragged into video conferencing and video distribution and digital signage because you did a, a person's house. So these things are becoming kind of ubiquitous, working together in, at this point, technology is technology. Um, if you can take the technology and build a pleasing environment matched for what that environment is used for, it doesn't matter really what is your your core. You should be able to take uh, take that, listen to your client and what he's doing, and then apply the technology to it. Because now more than ever, you see control four and commercial and crestron and residential and at Lona all over the place. And you know, all of these things are that's what was one of our biggest things. And just for just for Katie's show today, she'll probably screenshot this. I, I wore old branding with new branding behind me on purpose to kind of kind of give all you guys that thought of it may be time to reevaluate. It's kind of like you know, one of those things Gary V says. When he tells you to evaluate your employees, fire your best employee. It'll be a game changer. Well, that's the way it is with branding. Look at one of your best things. Look at how it applies to your entire business. Reevaluate and change that, and you'll see the benefit go all the way down the list, all the way to your bottom line and into your pocket.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and especially with social media and being such a big uh, component of a marketing strategy and a branding strategy, um, communications vehicle, if you've got a bunch of different brands, and you've got a bunch of different handles and hashtags and all of that. I mean, it's it isn't providing any clarity to the other side and communications have to provide clarity. Otherwise, if the, if the other side doesn't understand what it is to do or who you're serving, how you're going to benefit them it's just a nice conversation, but it isn't really going to go anywhere. So
1: well, you know, it's funny you say that about social media. Cause I have a piece of advice that I've seen work and some other social media gurus will say the same. If you want to capture brand and capture essence, but you're known like Katie, everybody knows you Matt Scott. There's a lot of people that everybody just kind of knows, but if you want to take brand to that next step and, and really be able to push it, I experimented with, I did this for a year, your personal Facebook account, Lock it down from the public and only promote your company one. Your Twitter, if you have a personal Twitter, kill your personal name, put your company brand on there, utilize that for a year, and then create a brand new one um, just for the company and move all those people on your personal following over to there. Shut down personal brand and capture company brand with the audience you've already personally attained. It will do magical wonders, especially when you start getting into paid for marketing within social media, which does work because print is dead. Um that that is the new the new mechanism. So taking yourself out of the picture and promoting brand only, that was another big thing in our brand change. We were the thoughtful home by Jay Whitaker Designs. That's the other thing. You know, take personal out, promote brand first. And also if you ever want to retire. Mark mark this down. Write this down if you're listening to this right now. If you ever want to retire, get your name out of your company's name or you're never going to be able to retire. You're never going to be able to leave. Get your name out of there like now.
0: All right, integrators. If you have uh, not already leaned in, you better be because Joe's just given you about 20 bits of advice there that probably save you and make you a ton of money. So uh, rewind, play, rewind, play. You might hear me say that from time to time on these shows, but it's just because there's such great insights being offered. And really, I mean, you you can take a course, you can sit through class and oftentimes you're not going to hear the advice you just got that's been tested in the field by someone like Joe. So um, man, okay, Joe, so there's like five at least five things that I wanted to to loop back to. (laughs) Oh, goodness, it's Friday. I'm going to have to try to remember. This is tough. But, you know, the the point about your personal brand, and I couldn't agree with with you more. And so much in the industry, uh, brands are developed out of someone's personal innovation, idea, development, or, you know, someone's personal brand. And so there are a lot of personal brands out there that are probably better known than the actual corporate brand or product or, or the innovation.
1: Erskine, perfect example.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Dennis Erskine of the Erskine Group. Yep, exactly. And to your point, you know, it, <laughs> it, that company is forever known because of the name that's associated with it. And that is and that is his, yeah.
1: And he needs to retire so he can come hang out with me more.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. I had him on a show yesterday. So there's a there's a great, uh, we, we talked about the Cedia reference uh, theater of the new HQ where last time I saw you was there for that grand opening. So, um, so you have to take a listen to that show. Nice little time for a plug. That was AB trade talk with Dennis Erskine, Kevin main, check it out. Um, okay. So Joe, but back to you. So, um, personal brand want to do want to touch on that a little bit because it is something too, that I preach with clients and to anybody who will listen, which is that personal brand. And, and obviously I'm creating a bridge between your per- the power of your personal brand and your company, but the personal brand, you yourself, you need to step into the background and become more of an ambassador for the brand than the spokesperson for the brand. Otherwise, it's very difficult for the brand to stand, stand alone or rise above everything that you as an individual represent. And it also sort of pigeonholes the brand into your philosophies, ideologies, and, and you know, motivations, which may nothing is wrong with that per se but it may not necessarily align perfectly with what the company is trying to achieve. So really, really good insights there, Joe. Thanks for sharing that. So, okay. So you've, you co- consolidated all these brands under one, thoughtful integration. So you are now, you're now still serving a very broad audience, but you're doing it under one corporate umbrella. How are you handling that? Are those, do you have divisions within your company or do you have, you, do you just have a no longer,
1: team? No longer. And that, that's kind of the, 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 that ended up being the cool thing of it. Kind of, just something that happened um, because we do, obviously we do bars and restaurants, live music venues, um, houses, of course, corporate buildings, stuff at St. Lambert airport. But that consolidation uh, created something that ended up being kind of magical is having like a co-founder of my company and also uh, 50 my my counterpart, my, 50-50 50-50 partner in this company, Steve. Um, the guy is 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 genius at financials, of course, but also within video. Uh, we're talking you know, video calibration, 4K. The guy can just, he's, you know, sat with Joel Silver many, many times. He's a wizard. Uh, he's a freaking wizard. But the, the the magic of that is that's one example of being able to pool those resources because we've got great guys that understand hospitality, bars, and restaurants to levels – you can't imagine people who can do soundstage settings and, and all of that. A guy, there's a guy can walk into a live music venue, walk down a line of 20 speakers and tell you by ear which one is out of phase.
0: I love the story. Um, you told me this at the CDA at yeah. the HQ grand opening. And I think that is phenomenal. And that was one of the first times that I really realized how diverse your your team is. And the depth of experience, but also, therefore, then the, the diversity of your offering. And, I mean, that's, and
1: then, you know, oh the network gosh. side and all of that kind of thing. But when you can pull those resources and on the residential side, offer somebody who's, you know, CCNA certified, good enough to walk into an airport and configure a network and, and get into that. And you talk about somebody in sound um, that is that good that you can now implement on other areas. Take him into the hospitality environment. Um, and then dealing with, you know, to the designer phase of things, um, <clears throat> being able to pull all those resources has been unique. But the advice I can give people who are, don't have that, you know, those specific pe- uh, pieces of talent is team outside of your company. You know, there is a guy in your town. If you live in New York City, Austin, Texas, San Diego, Colorado Springs, there's a guy that Oregon. good at audio. Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guy that's that good at audio, that that's all he does. And he might be interested in doing a little something different. And that allows you to add an offering that you didn't before. Um, and, And a level of experience that you might not have had, you know, had the ability to utilize. And that's kind of been like our mindset since the beginning is, you know, me and Steve think the exact same way on this, is we both have talents. But, we're hiring smarter guys in our areas of weakness, you know, not to micromanage. I want a guy who's smarter than me in X, whatever that X may be, and I want to just let him, just let him succeed, let him build that. And I mean, that's how our bar and hospitality stuff, restaurant stuff started, it was by bringing in Jay and saying, "Hey, you know this better than anyone. You've got thirty years of experience in it. Build it." Just, just go build it, and and it works. And that's one of those things that people should start looking at when they're talking about changing their business to the times. Because I don't care what anybody says, times are changing. Uh, um, You know, consumer pull is what it is. You have to follow those trends, or you become a dinosaur.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's you know again a very good bit of advice. And you know, I think we've that that narrative has definitely been there within within the industry for many many years. But I think a lot of those uh, dangers that we've been forecasting are now starting to become really real, and by dangers, I just mean you know the impact of it, of those adjacent trades, as I call them, now getting a bigger footprint, potentially in the spaces where A B integration pros have historically had had sort of reigned supreme over that space. So you know, I think it's uh, again kind of commend you on on all of those all of those moves, um, and also be, to being open to. Um, outside resources or outsourcing being a positive thing um, it's it's it isn't outsourcing isn't bad um, you know, I think there's in, in some trades, obviously there are <laughs> much skepticism as to, is that really the right thing to do? But here I absolutely believe that it is, and, you know, in order to keep a smaller, smaller business running, um, oftentimes that's, that's the best way to do it.
1: Well, your, your, your show has a pretty di- diverse, yeah. um, set of listeners. So, so on that, I will say to all of those who are business owners, CEOs, presidents, um, uh, operations people, like the biggest piece of advice I can give is you don't know everything. And when you realize you don't know everything, you want to find that person who knows more than you. Your, your job in those uh, those those positions is to lead with the strategic vision and let others execute upon vision. It may not look like in paper and diagrams exactly what you were thinking, but guess what—you're you're not that good at that. But the vision itself, the output, the end result is right there with what you with what you kind of envisioned and placed out there yeah and that, that's really important to, to realize is to take that not be afraid of that and at the end of the day i don't care if you're a cedia member or an, a vixa member you are a technology professional period yeah. whether you know you cater to one or the other you all know you do both so it's one of those. You just just start utilizing that to your advantage.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to that point, you know, I think that you know, what do we what do we call ourselves? You know, there's been the age old <laughs> conundrum in the in the AV industry. You know, are we integrators? Are we tech pros? Are we technologists? Are we blah blah blah? Um, and and that debate I think will be with us until the end of technology just in time. You know, those two. Going down together, which isn't going to happen. But there was an article in Commercial Integrator. Um, I think it started, it surfaced last week and has been recycling again through this week with an architect, Danny Forrester, who is very tech oriented. You've heard about him. He was he's a couple of TV shows, um, the engineering or built extreme buildings. He was he was the guy that you saw going around and hanging off the side of buildings. I actually did a podcast with him, connecting tech and design. Little plug. He's a super cool guy, but he's been doing a lot of speaking at Crestron events. And um, one of the one of the components of his presentation was stop calling yourselves integrators because it doesn't mean anything to us on our side like <laughs> and therefore if it doesn't really mean anything to us how do we sell that service to our clients so help us help you is kind of i think the, the backbone of that story so if you're listening to this go take a go take a search for commercial integrator um and danny forster um and and look for the article that's out there it's re- it is really interesting and, and kind of resurfaces that question but it's a bit of advice too from a from a very powerful adjacent trade the architects telling you how to what to call yourself so that they can have a better opportunity of engaging with you.
1: I, yeah, you know, I would agree with that because you know, that, that, that term got started through industry publications many, many years ago. I actually think it was either Julie Jacobson or Jason not. that was the first one to use that public and it kind of stuck, but it is a, what we do, not a, who we are. And that's the thing because our, our job and, and you know, those who have seen the, um, Serious strategic work that's been going on integration is a word that gets used a lot that's the act of bringing devices together but integrator is a bad term for a person so to speak for a company yes for a person no because you touch so many different things
0: yeah yeah same thing with dealer. And it's, you know, it's funny as a community dealer is
1: the worst if I, if word ever. A
0: world outside of podcasting dealer is the worst in itself. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. Go, go down to Florida. To that. You go to Florida and Mexico and use the word dealer. You're going to have a whole different experience.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it deep inner city or on the border and use that word. And um, yeah, but you know, I think it's, it's funny because it's, it's just, it's, that's the term we use. And just, you know, to your point, it's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> so, so there's another bit of advice. Yeah. Um, think of, think of different terms and, and again, clarify that message so that the other side is very clear on what it is that you do and therefore what the benefit of your services and your company will be to them. So, all right. So Joe, we got, we're moving, moving on here. Um, Cause I, you have, <laughs> you and I have been trying to talk for, Uh, let's just say six seven eight weeks because you've been so busy um not only with this 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 consolidation of the brands into one but you've um you moved your space and you are planning on a big event coming up next month surrounding uh or around control force for yourself day june 13th um tell us all about it and kind of what additional things you guys are doing around that to make a bigger splash
1: well, so so you know, the first thing in the relocation for any of you guys out there doing a relocation, um, you need to look at it more than more than one level. Parking space is an obvious thing. Um, warehouse access, obvious thing. There's all those things, but start looking at the logistics of your area because um, if you're trying to bring in manufacturers for anything or have events um, at your place, be smart about it. We, you know, when we when we all thought about logistics, we put ourselves. Five minutes from three different highways, an eight minute Uber ride from the airport and one block from three hotels and eight places to eat. So you got to think about what you're trying to do with your business. If you're just trying to bring a customer in, that might not be important. But the fact that you ha- have a space that you can utilize in other ways, you need to start thinking about how else can I capitalize on a location besides just having meetings or just doing, you know, showing off some gear. So that was one of the big things about it, moving it and the layout of it. The next thing was um, doing a Control 4 certified showroom. There's lots of people out there that could do it and they're all scared of the cost and the expense. If you're you're a Control 4 person, you already probably have the gear. You just need to change your mindset on presentation, have experience and education separated um, and, and start working with them on the layout. It does not cost as much as you think. I've heard things out there and no, it doesn't. It doesn't cost what you think it does. It's it's a lot more affordable. And what you know, other companies do about jumping you up when you really highlight their their products within a space is pretty important because then you have you know qualified generated leads um, that are built in. We're already getting that for more than one of the manufacturers that we're dealing with. One of the one of the other things to think about, you know, when you're when you're doing these offices and doing these spaces is how are you going to show and what are you going to show with? So, you know, we, we're already looking at, we recommend doing more than one show per year. So let's talk about grand opening first, right? How to do a grand opening or a re grand opening. You can do that. Believe it or not, you need to get the best diverse group that you possibly can. You need to attract based on business and trickle down to individuals. So when you do a grand opening or event like that, we've kind of reevaluated the whole thing, went from top to bottom, invited the mayor of Maryland Heights. He'll be here. There you go. So you got the mayor, you got your big wig there. So then we went trickle down that invited local businesses because guess what? Your five mile radius is your biggest concentration of business that you could possibly have. And if you do Facebook ads, start working it that way too. So the next thing is start inviting businesses that you deal with. So we deal with, you know, uh, people at the airport, a lot of other things, we do a lot of bar and restaurants. So we have two of our high-end restaurants bringing in, you know, a uh, little walkaway food with one of our wine vendors who were one of their, they're one of our clients. They are providing the wine. Center Ice Brewery, which is a big St. Louis blues themed brewery, is bringing kegs of their beer and the owner will be here. And then two of our High Point Sugar Fire Barbecue will be here, on the outside providing barbecue and stuff like that. So having it fun, but somehow tying it into your brand, support for your brand with every little thing you do is so important because then you've got somebody on the other side of a table talking and serving somebody that's familiar with you, your business and what you do. You want as much of that as possible going on. Manufacturers, believe it or not, they do like to show up to your events, they really do. So have events where you can invite them in. We're going to have Control Force, Sonos, THX, Cedia, uh, as many as we can get in, Hawk Technology, the list goes on, Skywalker AV, Pioneer Music Company. Invite them in, but ask them to do a giveaway. Give away a pair of in-ceiling speakers, doesn't matter. Give away something that associates their brand with your brand to a consumer that you may or may not already do business with. That's a big one. It's attraction that brings them in, it hands them a product, and it associates your name with a brand name they know. That's it. When they go home, they're going to be like, oh, Sonos, thoughtful integration, Sonos, thoughtful integrations. It matches in their head. It puts something that goes home with them. Takeaways remind and put a card in there too. Reminders of you after they leave are important. Then reach out to the other communities that you deal with, don't deal with, or should deal with. Invite your local president of the NAHB, the NKBA, the AIA, and the list goes on and on and on. And if you haven't joined some of these, um, we're members of NKBA, NAHB, we're inviting them in. That is a good way to get a mix of people that you don't already have. Then, it, you know, that one of the last things in that list, I will say is I just talked about giveaways to, from manufacturers, add two more to that do a paid raffle that supports a local foundation. We're going to do a uh, blues alumni foundation, which supports a whole bunch of other stuff. But as you all know, the timing, which this was planned before this is perfect because the blues are going to Stanley cup. So we're going to come, you know, if it goes to game seven, that is the day before our grand opening. If they win in game seven and some of the uh, blues alumni, former blues players will actually be here. That's just going to be like the biggest high ever. Um, but, but get, get involved with the local foundation so that you're not only, um, asking of the people that come to your grand opening. You're also giving Gary Vee's famous for saying, give, give, ask, give, give, ask. That's one of those ways to tie those things together. And I'm always about giving back. The last thing that I'll add in there is give away something that you know is going to return big giveaway, large amount. When I say this, we're going to do a giveaway to builders. It could be a builder we already do business with, could be one we don't. We're inviting every big builder in and we're going to give them a $2,000 voucher, basically, for the first new construction job we do with them. So they're going to pocket two grand, but it gets us right in the door with that builder at new construction, client phase, design phase, early on where we need to be, something something that's going to show growth. Give away a full project consultation to an NKBA or AIA member. Full, full, you know, project consultation from start to finish. Build those things through events you do. And then follow up with other events. We're going to do Lunch and Learns with NKBA, Lunch and Learns with AIA. Follow up with those after. I, 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 we're going to do, I think, the first time THX has ever done a training in the Midwest. We're going to host a THX training at the facility in July. So, start looking at your showroom as not just a place for salespeople to sit, people to answer the phones, and you to bring that occasional client in. Think of how you can get returns out of it 52 weeks out of the year. and five of those those 52 weeks days, you know, start thinking of the other ways to build traction because it's not just a building for you to stick products and show off. You really have to figure out how to capitalize in your area with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, and really, really good insights there
1: too. One more thing. One more no, thing. No, you already said that Okay. No, no, no. When when you talk about office, this was a big discussion. I just I just thought about this. You know, you see some. There's some Control Four certified showrooms and other showrooms around the U.S. that I've been to, that are gorgeous, extremely gorgeous. While they that may be good for them, my advice is don't do that. No, but but here, there's a reason. Don't make your office. Prettier, more gorgeous, or more well put together than your potential client's house is going to be. Because instead of them asking you about that 106 inch display or that projector or that theater room or those speakers or that home automation system, they're going to ask you who your drywaller is, who your trim carpenter is, who did you get your doors from, who did your floors, who did your faux painting, where did you get that glass from. They're going to forget all about you. You need to make sure the things that are beautiful, good-looking, attractive in your facility are the things that you sell. The rest of it is just what it is. And if you do decide to do things that kind of stick out or really give an impact, do them in line with things that match, give a, a, a an emotional response to some technology that you provide. Don't, don't go overboard. It's one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give. You don't want them asking about your vendors. You want them asking about you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, re- very, very, very good point. And it, you know, great to have the alignment with those other vendors and make those um, make those partnerships known to those who ask, but don't make it the center point of the presentation. that the thing, exactly. Technology on uh, on the other end of the of, of the interest scale. The, pre-
1: the prettiest after the grand opening. We're not starting because I need the space for grand opening. But after the grand opening, we're going to be doing a huge Rava theater in. Here. Cool. That will be the most beautiful thing in here. But that's because every single thing in that room, we provide.
0: Right. Right.
1: That's kind of that theme and thought. Um, I'm going to flip this around so she can take a screenshot. If you're talking about engaging in emotional response, one of the most iconic two-channel listening images ever, we stuck it in the two-channel room because that's a big piece of art that elicits an emotional response that matches the theme of the room.
0: That's so true. And what you can't see in the background is, of course, that THX, the classic THX, right? THX ad? With, uh, with the guy in the black leather armchair being blown back by the, by the power of the of the sound coming out of the speakers. That was in TA. Th- it, right? it, it was Maxwell,
1: right? Yeah, it was Maxwell. That's we go. right. There we go. Um, okay, Maxwell. Yeah, yes, one of the most yes. iconic <laughs> ads ever. It took me back to my youth, you know? Yep, to um, your youth. My youth. <laughs> but, but it's those kind of things when you're doing showrooming in office and you really need to start thinking about your your crowd, what you're trying to what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and don't go overboard on the things your your trade partners are selling.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've said it before on on prior shows, um, not doing a plug, but on, if you were to go to prior shows, just hear me say this again. Um, it, out at, at mm-hmm. Another place you and I saw each other this year was out at the Builder Show, so a combination of uh, IBS, the Builder Show, KBiz, the Kitchen and Bath Show, under the header of Design Construction Week, because we love acronyms, um, there are several presentations I sat in on, and one was uh, being, it was a panel session moderated by um, an editor in one of the design magazines, Design Milk or Modeness. Um, and the panelists were talking, one of them was Brad Hintz, Brad Hintz from C4, and he was talking about their demo rooms all around the world. And she complimented them on the fact that they have that, but she also cautioned him and others is as, as from the interior design perspective, if they really appreciate seeing the beautifully buttoned up projects and, you know, the end product, but it's much more valuable to them to see projects in the different stages and to see how things are integrated into their environments or environments that they're, they're responsible for. Absolutely. So when, you, when you think about it that way, and you know, again, that thoughtful integration of your business into other people's business, and perhaps you aren't the lead on that project make sure that it's clear that you are providing a service and a support mechanism, but you're going to be cohesive with them and doors start to open. So that's kind of my, there's my, my opening now, Joe, for you. One of the things that's very unique about you is I, as I see and understand them more, I get to know you is like, Thing. You are super connected, but doing the, the, doing a very thoughtful um, integration with NKBA, National Kitchen and Bath Association, NAHB, the National Association of Home Builders, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. You have you've really have targeted in on aligning your brands with the proper associations who, who are catering to the trades that you are intersecting with out in the field um, and that your clients are working with um, which is very, very smart approach. So talk a little bit about how you, how you do that and how like, I know the question for most integrators is, yeah, but how do you, how do you actually contact those people? We all (laughs) think it's really easy. Like just call them or email them, but we all know it's not. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, it's not
1: that easy. Um, you, You know, one of the best things to possibly do and it's easy is to you know go on your uh, facebook is the easiest way to do it look up your local nkba chapter um your nahb chapter and your aia those three are probably the three strongest and look for one of their mixers one of their open mixers not just member only get in there and start just talking you know i can't stress enough how it all starts with hello it, it that's it that, that's like the best thing i could say yeah. and you by going to you know those chapters in social you can see who's talking you can see who's looking the most and the easiest thing to do is it, within that area look who's trending the most look who the, the the consumers in your area are watching in kitchen design and bath design and home building and architecture look at this introduce yourself to those people they may already have somebody that they're tied like this to but they know 20 other designers who might need your help. I mean, that's the first thing is you you have to start engaging in the conversation. You know, and it's it's a don't be scared to engage in the conversation because it goes back to something I actually said in a panel um, at KBiz, is, you know, we go back to the days of the argument. Big living room. I'm trying to pitch a $5,000 TV Interior designers pitching a $5,000 rug. The argument lasts for days. And finally, I look at the customer and say, hey, look, which you, which one are you going to look at more, the TV or the rug? TV wins, but then you go into a bathroom or a kitchen, whoop, totally entirely flips. You're going to touch the refrigerator more than you touch the touchscreen. So, but but the thing is, is when, when you get into that mindset, and the thing you have to start realizing, speaking and memorizing, is that we. All of us trades together from the builder all the way down from the initial design where it first got scratched on a piece of paper to the moment you hand over the remote and teach them how to use the app is we are all building environments and one thing can mess up an entire environment and destroy the entire thing. It could be you doing video walls or theaters and then the designer nixes your acoustic panels and those are gone and now the room sounds like junk or It didn't happen early enough, and there's this great tile wall, and it wasn't planned ahead of time that, well, now the homeowner wants a 75-inch big giant TV on top of it, and now the design is shot. You know, one of the best examples is in Vegas, walking down the strip in front of, uh, gosh, uh, one of the hotels by the wind. There's this big outdoor fountain area with all this greenery and these fountains going off, and it plays Disney music, and you're like, ooh, until you get up by the railing. And then there's all these like three foot wide by two foot tall JBL speakers just scattered across the whole thing. And you're like, Oh my God, oh. Vegas is like the best place to see AV installed nightmares." No, it's like design and <laughs> AV fight in Vegas all the time.
0: We should um, do an insider's tour, Joe.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, not? but you know, that's, that's one of those things is establishing that early on and continuing that conversation because you could compliment a, a designer and a designer can compliment you. Those two things have to be tied in together because we're not designers of interior or exterior or any area, but we're the technology people. They are, up until this point, have been very aversive to technology because is it difficult? Does it not work? Am I going to get the black eye from recommending this to my clients? Or, well, I saw this on CNET or Verge or wherever. And guess what? It's a consumer piece of devices, DIY, and it's going to break in 30 days. There's going to be 20 updates and every other day you got to update the app. And that's those things about bringing the entire environment together as a team from the builder to the architect, to the designer, all of those other people, you all, they, they all meet at some point and it's your job to start reaching out.
0: So definitely. And that's one of the things that I, continue to hear um, at trade shows conferences, these panel sessions, the the adjacent trades, um, I repeat that often and, and intentionally, um, you know, those trades that, that we intersect with on a regular basis out in the field um, have had a bad experience. I re- repeat. They've had a bad experience and they're tainted by that bad experience. And unfortunately you guys and gals out there now are, are sort of taking the brunt of those former bad experiences. But as Joe said, it is up to you to sort of write that ship. If that, if you want, to be involved in that business and you know if you don't you don't that's fine nobody's forcing you but there is um there's a lot of green grass on the other side of that fence um and that really is where the business is going and more and more the the architect and design fields um are are really at an intersection with a b and and every conversation with 100% 100% honesty, every conversation I've had in the last year and a half with these adjacent trades, they are very, very interested and they are looking to form these relationships and alliances with technology integration professionals who can support their their service and their mission and be, be an adjacent trade to them, not be the bull in the china shop that tries to barge in and suggest that they don't know enough, they don't know what they're doing, you know get out of the way, let us do the business, let us come and teach you something. Those are all things you should never say or imply. And quite honestly, take a look at how you are saying and doing what you're doing and make sure that you're not subtly doing those things. That's offensive to anybody. You know, really think about the way that you're communicating to people and outreaching to them. When you go to these mixers, as Joe is recommending, be really friendly, be very outgoing, but don't overstep and be very cautious to suggest too much that you're smarter than anybody else in the room and that your team can do something that nobody else can. While that may be true, maybe your belief it's how you present that, that is is going to get you the win on the other side. Um, so yeah, I think Joe's, Joe's definitely provided some good insights here. And now that I've said that, Joe, there's
1: a saying uh, and I can't, you know, I can't remember who said it, but it, it's, it's a mantra that I always tell myself and, and doing what you just said, it's an easy way to remind yourself It's ask them how they want it to work. Don't tell them how it has to work.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That changes the dynamic of the conversation immediately when you run that through your head, ask them how they would like it to work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to the consumer side is, you know, what is the experience you're looking for? What is it, you know, what are you trying to achieve in your space? Have them tell you first and then you cater to that and and come in and be the hero and deliver it and maybe a little bit
1: more. Um, and then don't go, well, it should be. Right. Go have you thought of. I right. mean, it's just, it's just those things. You know, we know we know what we know. You know, we're, we're good at what we do. However, at the end of the day, we don't have to live in that house. We don't have to work in that conference room. We don't have to. We're not going to be there 24-7. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So to uh, continue the theme here, a very thoughtful approach to how you um, – how you approach these conversations with the adjacent trades and the customers that they have that you would like to do business with. Um, and, and I, I, I would say from my side as a communicator, do a communications audit and do it with yourself, do it with your team, do it with those who you work with and make sure that the message is succinct and cohesive across your team and that it will be received well on the other side. And if it's not, tweak it and try it on for size. I I would bet you that with a little bit of a change in the way that you're communicating to other trades, you could definitely see some very big returns and shows kind of illustrated that, how that, how that can play out. So. So really, really, really interesting topics. Okay, so Joe, one more, and then, uh, and then, and then we're going to stop this show, but we're going to keep doing these. So, um, so you are in the Midwest, and uh, for anybody who's watched the news or looked at any headlines lately, there's been a whole, whole lot of weather going on in the Midwest. Um, tis the season, but it also, as you were saying, is suggesting that tis the season is also sh- showing that the season's going to be a mighty one. So, um, disaster prep. Um, for natural disasters, weather-based, specifically Joe. Talk to us a little bit about um, sort of, well, bring us up to speed, uh, make sure everybody knows where you guys are located, therefore put it in context, but sort of the, the types of events that occur and what you guys do to prepare your business and as well as your customers and their environments.
1: So where we sit is kind of actually firmly in between St. Louis City proper and uh columbia jeff city area where mizzou college is and, and most people know the i-70 corridor along that area is pretty much grounds you know zero for tornado alley i mean that's where it all happens along that highway worst place to put a highway whoever did that is just my gosh but uh they built a highway for tornadoes is what they did they just follow that highway so hopefully you there know, are
0: tolls for that tornado
1: That's not it. We could do a toll road around the tornadoes. So, but we had um, a couple of weeks ago, we had one in Augusta defiance area that is kind of wine country within Missouri. If those of you didn't know, there is a wine country in Missouri Um, and also right out there by Mizzou at Jeff city, there was a pretty significant bad tornado a couple of days ago. Um, And it was suspected to drop at a couple of other place places on its way over to Illinois um my backyard was 100% one of the areas we were down in the basement um ducking for cover um and then all along that that uh that kind of that road and and we've looked at disaster recovery before because there's you know over the years there's been a lot of that around here there always is but now we've really started kind of change change our mind uh about it because there's the after effects which for those of you who are interested in doing volunteer work um, and doing that kind of thing, which is a great thing to do, by the way. Um, disaster recovery is one of the most important things, volunteering time for that, especially when you're in technology. Uh, before the show, me and Katie were just talking about this, that it's uh, a statistic shows that of the five top most requested things by people uh, hit by disasters is Wi-Fi being number two after water and before clothes and food. Um, and that is because of communicates with loved ones in other states, um, being able to uh, get a hold of emergency services, being able to see how other people are reaching out to the community, when is FEMA going to get here, all of this other kind of stuff. Wi-Fi. Uh, Wi-Fi is the second most requested thing. So you can make an impact after the fact by helping getting local businesses back up running, um, providing uh, technology to people who may be hurt. Uh, there, there's just so much you could do after the fact. But we also need to think of before and And you know in our industry we do things already like you know battery backups or generators or um whole whole house battery you know the these things that are a little newer but we need to start micro thinking about it a little bit as we were huddled down in the basement you know that the safest spot is not where the theater screen is unfortunately um it's in it's in another area and you know going down there on, on this this event this tornado warning. I really started thinking about that. Um, when you've got a family huddled into a space um, in fear of their house being ripped apart and, you know, possible death and, and all of those kind of things, you need to start thinking about the comforts of family. So, you know, uh, and that's where technology can play well into, you know, Wi-Fi calling has become the biggest thing but in those kind of events, you know, you lose things like cable or satellites or power. You know, your your ability to communicate when you're doing Wi-Fi calling is gone, just about like that. You know, if you're not doing cell phone boosters or anything like that, because it doesn't make sense because of Wi-Fi calling. Add one to a safe room, tornado shelter, you know, hurricane duckouts, any of those, because your phone is still going to have a battery, and if that antenna is still on the side of the building at when you need it to there's going to be that ability to communicate with the outside. The other thing is is internal battery backup. And what I mean by that is a, a total separation from the rest of the house and the rest of the equipment in the house. You know, whether it be just a small office type battery backup that already has cell phone chargers plugged to it. You know, so when that power goes down and your phones about to die, you can plug right in and get set up for that. localized video content you know, you've got crying kids in there, scared kids. Our, our, our seven-year-old was, was shivering and, and shaking, um, you know, being able to throw on their favorite comfort movie or whatever. Starting to have some of those things that technology can actually impact in a safe way, you know, communications, comfort, security, and safety, you know, stick one extra camera on the house with the battery back on a, up on it that has a direct feed down to a display that's on its own battery backup. So if the whole, if a side of the roof gets ripped off and there goes half your wiring and now even your whole house battery backup is not functioning properly, you have a camera with a direct analog feed that you can see what's going on outside. So we've started thinking about the before, not just the after, because, you know, it, it, it is one of those things that, you know, until you're in it, you don't start realize until then. You start realizing the things that we could do with technology to not only safeguard and and not only help in the after fact, but be able to make that event a, a little easier on the people that are experiencing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. I- keeping it on brand, you know, very becoming a very thoughtful provider to the community um, in good, in in good times and in bad, Um, you know, much like, like, like marriage. Um, You know, and I think that is, it is really important. And as, as technology integrators, uh, you do have the ability to really be at that ground zero level um, and, and make no mistake. I mean, it's, that's, that's a good thing to do. It's, you know, it's good for the soul. It's a charitable thing. It's, um, it's doing the right thing. But it also is an opportunity to develop business for your company, and
1: and, and I, I want to mention one thing when you you know you start looking at that and you start looking at those kind of solutions. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, the the big uh, power battery guys you deal with, Katie. <laughs> I'll let you name drop real quick. Uh,
0: Taurus Power. So you're talking Taurus about? Power.
1: So <laughs> they they have you know obvi- the the whole house uh, battery, which is a genius all in itself because of how it actually works but they also have smaller devices now for inside the home for power filtration and all that. Um, they just came out with some new stuff recently. Um, but also you can start looking at some of the smaller devices um, when you're in situations like that. You know, if you're in a, you're in a rush or you need something super small, you know, look at some of the Belkin stuff. I mean, and that's enough for just some cell phone charging. Um, tourists have in wall stuff and stuff that could go behind the TV now, which is a big, huge, huge bonus, but you want to isolate that area um, if, you, if you do automation systems like Control 4, um, being able to program in emergency weather alerts into the whole house system, so when that alert comes on, all the TVs go to that news channel that has those uh, radar feeds on it, cuts all the audio over to emergency response, um, you know, doing those kind of prefaces to it. Um, looking at cameras that can function outside the norm, you know, HIC Vision Axis, a bunch of those still make analog cameras. You take that analog camera, put it on a battery backup, run a standalone analog camera. Now you can actually see outside. Um, Wilson uh, cell phone. Uh, if you guys don't deal with Wilson, if you're a small solution like that where you're trying to concentrate on a single room, especially at what we consider a safe structure, brands like that are what you're going to go for. Don't get the off-the-shelf stuff. So that you know, start looking at the things that you can implement, you can provide. Um, to actually start doing this because believe me, you know, I'm not one of those. Oh global warming and no No, but but it is evident um, through this last year that this year for weather is going to be really bad Significantly different than we've seen in past years. I mean Katie just got snow Dave, David Weinstein in Colorado was just talking about the snow They're getting up there and I'm like wait a minute. It's, it's summer late <laughs> spring. Wait a minute um, you, you know, and the tornadoes hitting early and then we'll be rolling into a uh, hurricane season, uh, before you know it. So it, we're seeing significant differences and, you know, could just be, you know, cycle, but we have the ability to help our clients and our communities a lot more than we could in the past decade. Yeah. Um, I was in the hurricane that hit Houston and some Galveston Island. I was living there at the time and the entire area that I was in, um, didn't have electricity for almost two and a half to three weeks. We didn't have water for 14 days. Um, And we were rolling trucks, helping our clients. But, but I mean, now we have so much better, more stable technology that we can actually make a before, during and after impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a very important part of the story is before, during and after. And, you know, obviously how you, how your business is structured and, and, you know, will sort of dictate what you're capable of, what you're able to do, not what you're capable of doing, but what you're able to do and how much time and support and resources you're able to provide. But every little bit matters. And um, it's just a way to, to sort of further in, in, embed your brand and your company in the community and become uh, a provider um, year round. So um, really, really good insights, Joan. It's funny because this wasn't even, Planned as a topic for us to talk about today until last, well, yesterday when we had to reschedule because you had to go out on site. So let's let's kind of put that into context. Um, I, so you had to go out and take care of some technical stuff on a project after um, disaster struck. So tell us that story.
1: Well, that that one wasn't it wasn't that bad. It, it, you know, when these things, you could be you know the worst off, which is you know life starting over is the best way to put it. I, I've seen that personally. But um, when, you, when these things come through, there's always offshoots or other stuff. You know, the example that I have was, you know, when your satellite dish totally disappears, it's like not even there anymore. That's gone. <laughs> there's um, water damage in the basement. And also, guys, that's one of those other things that you yeah. need to start looking at is water sensors with automatic shutoffs. But also start using that as a proactive means to contact the people that need to be there. If you're putting a water sensor by a sink or a washer, make that auto send that warranty or that person an auto-generated email. Send the plumber an auto-generated email that says the master bathroom sink is leaking. There's no plumbing in the basement, send it to the builder or subcontractor letting them know that this little storm, the entire basement is flooded, the sump pump didn't come on, the sump pump is out, start using that in a proactive means, which is what we had to deal with. You know, you've got flooding, disappearing of dish, down wires, um, canopies torn off with stuff just destroyed, um, service provision from phone, internet, everything gone. Um, And these people are just trying to figure out how to wake up in the morning. You know, it's so interesting how and this is this is not the worst case this is just a case Damn. um how much of their life depends on technology until it is all gone from the miner, which this one was to another one where the entire roof is gone just entirely gone but the walls are still standing and that just saturated sh- saturation of water and everything that comes in there there's other things that you'll have to deal with um as a technology professional, whether it's business or residential, where you are now the go-to guy, which I've, in the last year, I've had to deal with this a lot because of tornado, severe lightning storms that we've seen here lately, where you now are the go-to between the inter- insurance adjuster and the homeowner. Um, to you, that may seem like a lot of busy work. Uh, a lot of the customers should be doing this. No, they shouldn't. They're trying to worry about getting their kids back and forth to school. What hotel are we going to stay in? How am I going to get food? All of these other kinds of things. You need to be that proactive and giving person at that point. Because at the end of the day, you have to remember that jobs like that and those people like that are why your business is even open. They just lost everything. Now you need to step in and be that intermediary because you know, we we all pay for insurance. We know the way insurance works. They're going to try to hit you with the bottom dollar, the lowest amount, which I've seen five times in the last year where it's, oh, you had a, you know, 75-inch uh, Sony XBR. We're going to send you a 75-inch Vizio. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're out of your mind. You had battery backup. You had no, we're going to. No, you're not. No. Here's, I dug up every single invoice, what it costs in, what it costs now, or if there's a direct replacement because that was you know, discontinued or EOL, here is the nearest thing to this. You are going to replace all these things. And then we may make a buck. We may not. Doesn't matter. You know, that's that, that's that, the, the karma of business is what I like to think of it as.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: I, I, my lights were on that month because of that client. You know, now it's my turn. They don't have lights anymore. So it, you, you have to start thinking that the business isn't just about the bottom dollar or, You know how many hours can I spare as a tech? You know for my techs. No, there's a point where those those roles are reversed, and you have to take care of them the way they kind of took care of you. And we have seen that a lot lately. Um, The the insurance thing is one of those which was part of my yesterday, um, which is something that you don't have to do, but you absolutely should do. And in most cases, honestly, other than you know, having to acquire the products at any margin you might make from the insurance company. For me, you shouldn't be charging your customer for that legwork. You should give that to them. Um, that's just my personal opinion. And believe me, business karma is a real thing, guys. So that's what I have to say about that because you that you have to deal with all kinds of things when disasters come like, from the absolute worst to the minimum. In some cases, like the other day, it was a a plethora of all of the above, from worst possible scenario to their dish just got knocked out of line um, but you've got, you've got to prioritize that and then make sure that you can't get to somebody just because their dish was aligned. you are communicating and letting them know you know what the severity of his, uh, of this is. I will get to you accordingly, and believe me, they will totally understand yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 very good points, as as has been the case throughout the show today. Um, business karma and karma of life, yes, they are very real things, and um, I, I'm a firm believer as as well. So I'm glad I'm glad that you brought, that you brought that that you brought that up. Um, and I think it's there's. You, you also talked about some new technologies, um, and categories. And so I'm just going to throw you, uh, starting w- winding down now. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, let me just throw this at you. Cause I'm really curious and don't overthink it. I've given you plenty of time now to start thinking, what is it I'm going to ask you of, of products, technologies, or categories of things that you have provided to your customers over the last two years? Um, what are, or since, Things have come to market in the last two years. What's a new product, technology, innovation, or offering that that you're really into right now um, on behalf of your customers? So, you know, so for instance, the water sensors—that's sort of where I'm going—is that's not been a traditional av integration category, and yet it is. It should be right in the heart of everything we do. Now you can't use that one.
1: I mean, you, can't. you know, the, the, the <laughs> well, yes, you need to. You The funny thing is, is when we were located in San Antonio, Texas. 17, 15 or 17 years ago, we dealt with, and we partnered with a company called, I don't even know if they're still around, um, called flood stopper, which was whole house water leak monitoring and shutoff. This was 17 years ago. Um, but it's one of those things where consumer awareness wasn't going on. Like we have now with Google and, and Nest and Amazon and all of these other people. Now we have consumer awareness because we were preaching to our clients, but our clients were only a you know, smidgen of the entire consumer space. Um, as far as new and intriguing things we're talking about, I mean, obviously, audio quality has made a comeback. That I get it, but I kind of don't get it. Like, I'm a big fan, of course. Yes, I always want you to hear better audio um, and, and better sound quality. But uh, where the trend came from, I would love to figure out because it's getting back to the roots of what sound really is. And then also the usage of sound, which is important to me at this point. Um, and I talk about a lot to uh, not just my, my clients, but interior designers, kitchen and bath especially, is w- what is the purpose of the music in this room? Are you damning out? Are you watching movies? Is it just background ambience? Is this just a dining room where you don't want to hear the guy next to you chewing? Um, you know, what, what, what is the case here? And then you start talking about acoustics and this is a bass where, you know, you have very bright reflections all the time because that's the nature of pile and mirrors and countertops and somebody, if there's a designer out there who works with manufacturers, can somebody build me a sound spongy countertop? I just thought of that. Please build that because most speakers are located above a countertop or an island.
0: So, so interesting point on that. I don't know about the countertop, but my, one of my sisters lives in Seattle and they just went through a renovation last year. And last time I was out visiting and she was proudly showing off her kitchen. She's like, okay, so just sisterly advice. She's like, this is the couple of things I wouldn't do over. Yeah, nah, not worth it. She goes, but the number one thing that was worth it, check this out. And she takes her cute little hand and she goes, dink, ding, dink in the, in the uh, the sink. It's the big Stainless steel sink, deep, wide, should be very loud. What I was expecting to hear was ding, ding, ding. What I heard was ding, ding, ding. so. Her, she's got a rubberized um, uh, underside to the sink, and it's a and and literally it you don't hear the metal. So you think about it, it's like such a simple thing, but what you're not hearing is that tink, 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 or the clank of the silver as you drop it in, or, you know, and it's like, we just don't need that stuff in our life. So it's cool that you can eliminate it. So I'm sure you can do it in a countertop. Yes.
1: Do you want to know the business innovation behind that real quick? It takes five seconds. Yeah. The reason why you see that in a sink now, you're going to start seeing it a lot of products is dynamat's patent is yeah. up. Oh no. so that that stuff underneath that sink is dynamat, <laughs> dynamat. Their, their patent is over so now it's like you're going to see it in sinks you're going to see it in refrigerators you're going to see that oh, stuff everywhere which is to me great yeah. that's great now it's going to be in stuff where i've always needed it like on back boxes and electrical walls i mean you're just gonna start seeing it everywhere yeah so you know that that's one of the things is sound coming back to the forefront One of the other things is Control 4 just announced their OS 3.0, which will be available for install for clients um, on Tuesday. Um, Crestron's uh, OS 3 will be sometime in the summer. But uh, interfaces, and I think part of it has to do with the way people are using voice now, is user interfaces are changing back to a much easier much more holistic driven, um, uh, way that they're, that they're put out there, you know, much more natural. What room am I in? What do I want to do? What do I want to touch? It, now it's much more cause that's the way voice works. You know, voice, you look at any voice algorithm and although now with Josh AI, you could say it in different order, but it's, it's always where, what, when, how loud, how bright, you know, you know, that's just the way that those things are built. Well, now UI, um, you know, is really moving in that direction. Control 4 is keyed on it. And I personally think it's a home run with OS3. Um, Crestron's is right along kind of that exact guideline. If you look at, um, if you've seen sneak peeks, those of you that are Crestron dealers, I know you've seen them too. Um, both of those are starting to move in that direction. I'm hoping this
0: integration professionals, Joe, not yes. (laughs) Integration
1: (laughs) professionals. Yes. Thank you. Um, but, but yes, it's starting to move in that direction, which is a good thing. And then also having the, um, the phone interface match the touchscreen interface is, is also a big, huge boost. Um, because then that allows those kind of things. Of course, you know, I'm always hot about voice. Um, it, it, even on, funny
0: that your voice cracked right
1: as you said My, my <laughs> voice is cracking. Um, it, it's even down to the, the consumer-based products with um, Amazon's version, Google's version, and some of the other ones we're starting to see out there, is it is getting better, and it is starting to see a consumer uptick. Yeah. Learning how to use that in environments, though, is the important part. If you're, if you're putting these things in from our side, <clears throat> learn – you know, how far away from a corner of a wall you have to put these, you know, multi-directional microphones, look at different ways to install them and interface them into the home. Consumers want this now. And a lot of us are still not me, myself, but a lot of uh, people in our industry are still scared of this technology, but you have to think it's been coming in like, Oh, eight, you had Voca out of Canada that was already doing voice control with control forward. You had Ted over at, uh, Voice Pod. I mean, this has been coming, but everybody's been slacking on it because they, it's like, man, I'm scared of this. It's new tech. Well, guess what? Your job is new tech. Um, so it, it's starting to look at those things. The things that I should caution about is because, of course, we're still pushing 4K, and you know, now we're actually seeing 4K content. Is you know, we're stuck in an era right now. If you hearken back in the past, there's already a good. Kind of description of this when uh, HD first came out, you had EDTV, which was modified analog, and then you had 720p. and We all were like, Whoa, $30,000 Fujitsu 720p TVs! Here I come. Bring them on. And, the, and then before you knew it, 1080p was here, and those TVs were trash. We we're right in the middle of that because we just started pushing 4K. Samsung already announced 8K, 16K. I'm not even going to go there, but you get my point is you, you really need to start looking at being um, a little agnostic to those type of technologies don't let those be your, your sales leader, so to speak, because believe me, your consumer and your client is as scared of that transition as you are. So if they want it, great, they can have it. Don't push. Um, because we're not sure, nobody's sure where that is going yet. You know, you've seen OLED prices drop and QLED prices drop and 8K. And we're, we're in that area of evaluate your clients, evaluate what they are. If you're selling to a 65-year-old male and female, either or, um, because there are differences in the eye between the two, believe it or not, um, if you're if you're selling like that and you see they have glasses and they want 8K and it's under 100 inches, advise them not to. Just say it's humanly impossible for your eye, for you, to tell the difference between the two. You can't. You know, I, I can't wait for them to come out with a 55-inch, 8, 16K TV so I can tell them all, what? <laughs> hey are you going to give me special glasses to make my eyes better to actually be able to see the difference? So, I mean, technology is, is, is that, but right now the hottest thing is the security and safety portion, whether it be stuff from Vivant, who is really making huge strides in what they're doing. And with the CI channel, the other hot thing, uh, content delivery, start looking at what, so what some of the other guys are doing, uh, dish network in particular, um, the transition into uh, 5g and what they're going to be doing with that on how content is being brought into the home, user interface, top of top of the list, start looking at the way your consumers are interacting and try to find solutions that work that way. Great audio. Don't forget about great audio. Um, Being able to deliver that is extremely important. And then start looking at what what I say are, are items for the environment. Start actually looking at things that fit the puzzle on the architecture standpoint, the the interior design standpoint, and the physical things that are in the room that you can't move, like islands, countertops, cabinets, beds. Because you know when that builder built that bedroom, there's two plugs on one wall for one reason, and that bed is going to go right there. You 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 really have to start looking at those things that are out there that can really impact an environment. That are things that come from you because they're not going to be offered by the designers or the architects or all that. Start looking at that transition into you don't sell boxes, you sell ways for people to live. Um, those days are gone. If you're doing retail, my God, hit the brakes, shift gears, ask them how they live. Don't say, I'd like to show you these big honking speakers over here and this big mono block amplifier. Ask them, how do you live in your living room? How do you live in your bedroom? approach it in that direction because that's what they want now and that's what we should be delivering we shouldn't be delivering a big hawking pair of speakers unless they're an audiophile and they've said that that's what they're looking for. and they said that's Sorry. what i want they said i want i want the biggest baddest loudest thing you have okay i have something for you yeah. but i'm not gonna tell 85 year old granny come let's let's check out these Steinway lindors no no But that's those, those changes is you need, you can, and on the business side, believe it or not, you can make more money and have longer lifetime with a client when you approach the situation that way today. That was not true in 2005. Today, that is a transition of business. Approach it from a, when I sit down, I, this, this is what I live with. This is what I would like to live with. This is how I would like it all to work and look. Approach it that way. You will make uh, more money and you will have better, you know, client loyalty because they're not just buying a pair of speakers that they can get the next one's two doors down. Now they know, you know them, you know what they like, you know, they know how to live. Start working it that way.
0: Yeah, so this is this is mirrored very closely by. So if you're if you're still listening in, and I hope that you are um, aligning with those adjacent trades, uh, interior designer Molly Switzer, Joe, you good friends with her as as I am. Molly was telling me a story on uh, another podcast that we recorded um, that where she one of her favorite things to do is to take a client who's looking to make a large appliance decision, particularly for the kitchen, and take them to the local experience center that the manufacturer has, and but don't just go to touch and feel the 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 appliances actually go and take her the client's pots and pans, cook a meal that the client enjoys eating and enjoys cooking, and go into the experience center and actually make that meal together with the designer so that the designer better understands what you know what it is that you're looking for. How do you cook in the kitchen and and what what is that kitchen experience, what are you looking for? And and go and take the time to, to do that with them. And as as she explains, and I, you know, I I totally believe it, that's the way that you sell Uh, to a client today is, you know, it's not about delivering the experience. It is but it's about understanding what the experience is that they're looking for and then catering to that, delivering that or above. And you've, you've very well illustrated it here today and, and definitely, you know, through the way that you've um, thoughtfully um, restructured your business. um, Definitely, definitely caters to that. So, um, you know, I think for, for integrators listening to the show, and I hope that you've, you've brought along a notebook and have filled a few pages. Um, If not, that's the wonder of digital. Just rewind and listen, rewind and listen, listen again, (laughs) tons of insights here, but from Joe, but also you, you noticed that Joe was citing Gary V, and so if you have have not found Gary V uh, or found time for Gary V in your life you should um, lots of really good insights there so Joe I put you a little bit on the spot here um for the audience tell them how to find you follow you um, for your company um, and then also if you would throw Gary's information in there too um if you've got his handle handy
1: um so yeah the thing I mean the first thing obviously is You can always email me. I am, I'm open all the time. Um, Just hit me up. It's Joe at thoughtful integrations.com. You can find us on Facebook at thoughtful integrations. You're going to laugh on Twitter. You can now find the company at integrator tweet.
0: The fact that that handle is still available is
1: kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Are you kidding? I know I was looking for one because we couldn't do thoughtful integrations on Twitter because too many characters, right? So I'm like, Huh? So I just start typing, and I'm like, "Are you serious? That's available? I'm like, that's the best one ever! Like, somebody C-Pro should have owned that a decade ago um, when Twitter first started. No, like, okay, yeah, 2006, close enough. Um, so Gary V is probably one of the easiest people to find on any media. Um, I cannot find his handle right off the top of my head, but you could just you can search in Twitter yeah. search. At Gary V, and you go straight to him. Yep. Gary um, Vee, say, Vee,
0: right? Yes. Yes. Gary Vee. Um,
1: So, of those things, not everything is for everyone. I'll tell you right now, um, he's a little brash. He's a little, but it's really good stuff. But when you're looking for those business type things to listen to, um, his podcasts are great. His videos are great. You could take a little bit from a lot of people. So, I always look at stuff like from Gary V, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, Mark Cuban. Uh, Michael Dell, um, a lot of those people. Uh, Tim from Apple. Th- there's there's a lot of people you can take a lot from. You just need to find who speaks to you. But don't find people that speak to you that are your strong points. Don't, don't don't try to enhance or fix your strong points. You're already doing something right. Utilize those to to improve those spots where you need a little, you know where you need a little help um and what, one of the best things about Gary Vee is talking to people outreach how he reaches you know maximizing outreach and, and really you know breaking down the B2B and B2C conundrum of you do have to talk to those two differently and start identifying with that start start really bringing that into your head um and and don't be you know scared to, he, he's got a bunch of great business advice too don't be afraid to fire your best employee uh, which which I've talked about. Don't be afraid to test in a conference room. Um, you know all of these kind of things. Um, we are a lot of us put on suits sometimes, but you know one thing we have to realize that he realizes with so his early business. We're kind of like that. At the end of the day, guys, you're a contractor. You own it. You know, don't don't try to act like and, and try to be something you're not. You're not a banker. You're 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 not you know enterprises rental car CEO. You're not a lawyer. Stop trying to act like one. You're at the end of the day, you're a contractor, you're a contractor, you're a designer, you're an IT tech guy. You know, Bill Gates uh, was famous for saying, you know, I'm in technology. I'm allowed to be eccentric. Um, and that's why you always saw him not dress the best. Um, it, it's just that thing. Don't, don't, guys, don't try to be something you're not. Own it, advertise it. And capitalize on it.
0: There you go. Wise words, wise words. And I think with that, that's a, that's a perfect close for the, for the show. So uh, once again, this has been AB trade talk with Joe Whitaker of now thoughtful integrations in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Joe provided all of his contact information in just a few minutes. So once again, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, play. There we go again. Right. So Joe, thank you again for taking the time. Uh, we're going into a holiday weekend. Hopefully you get some time by the barbecue. We still have to get ours after from money to the snow, but I think we're close. Um, <laughs> That's life in the mountains, you know, (laughs) honestly, that's why we live here though. So I appreciate the time and uh, good luck with, uh, with, with uh, all those storms coming through and um, I'll definitely get you back on a show. I want, I I want to dig more into kind of all the different facets of your business.
1: Awesome. Um, Thank you for having me.
0: Rock on anytime. Thanks so much. Again, this was AB trade talk. I'm your host, Katie McGregor Bennett. We'll catch you again on another episode. Thanks for tuning in.